Jake Odorizzi has his best start for the Atlanta Braves with a great performance on Monday night. Was it for real? We'll break down his outing and tell you whether or not Braves fans can expect more of that going forward. And the young guys come through again as Michael Harris and Von Grissom provide the only offense for the Atlanta Braves and a narrow 2-1 to victory on Monday over the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll talk about all of that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been the co-editor over there for several years now. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well and hit that thumbs up button and notification bell. It helps support the show a ton when you do that. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and we're free and available on all platforms. On today's Tuesday episode of Lockdown Braves, we're going to be talking about Monday's game and the performance from Jake Odorizzi. Was it for real? What can we expect from him going forward? And then the young guys getting it done, Ronald Acuna Jr., Vaughn Grissom, and Michael Harris. They've really been carrying the freight in the month of August, and we'll set you up for Tuesday's game as well, where the Braves send their ace to the mound, looking to go ahead and wrap up this series in Pittsburgh. But let's start with Monday. The Atlanta Braves get a 2-1 to win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Wasn't pretty, but they got it done. They scored just enough to win, and the Mets lose. So the Braves pick up a game in the NL East, now three games back of the New York Mets. So that's always a great day. Well, let's talk about Jake Odorizzi. Look, it has not been a good performance from him since coming over from the Houston Astros at the trade deadline. But on Monday night, by far his best performance, probably the the, the weakest offensive lineup that he's gone up against. But still, six innings, four hits, no walks, one earned run, seven strikeouts, and 90 pitches. So very efficient getting through six innings, which is exactly what the Braves needed from him. 13 whiffs, 11 called strikes, so that's 24 total. Pretty solid for six innings. 82.8 mile-per-hour average exit velocity against is very good. He only gave up four hard-hit balls in this game on 14 balls put in play. And you look at this and try to decipher, you know, was this for real? Is this really something he can build upon? He talked about, after his last start in, in against New York, after that rain delay, he really came out and was better innings three, four, and five against the Mets lineup. I really didn't think they should have brought him back out there for the six, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm almost over it at this point, but still, he looked better, and he talked about some mechanical adjustments that he made, allowing him to stay on his back leg a little bit longer and deliver his pitches more firmly with better accuracy to the plate. And I think we saw that a little bit in this start and for me, it was that four-seam fastball, which he threw over 50% of the times in this start. 
And it looked like it had a lot of arm side run on it to me. Now you look at baseball savant and the horizontal movement is right on par with where his season average is, which is about 10 inches of horizontal run, which is very good for a four seam fastball. Like I said, I think to me, it moves more like a, a two seamer or a sinker, but it had a lot of movement. And I don't know if it's because of where he was throwing it, which I'll talk about in a second that made it look more like it had more movement on it, but clearly pirates hitters were not able to get to it. And we're having trouble with that pitch, but you just look generally overall velocity pitch movement. All of that's the same from what we saw from his previous three starts, which makes you think, okay, maybe it was just a pirates lineup, you know, that he was able to take advantage of. But I think the one key thing and the one big difference I saw in this start from Odorizzi and his others was the command of that four-seam fastball and how he was consistently able to throw it in that upper left quadrant of the strike zone from the umpire's view. And I think a great example came in his at-bat to Brian Reynolds the last time that he faced him. Brian Reynolds, probably the best hitter that the Pirates have. And Odorizzi was able to throw back-to-back four-seam fastballs, really starting them down the middle of the plate and running them off the play away away from the left-handed hitting Brian Reynolds. That, to me, is what the difference was for Odorizzi in this start. And if you're watching on YouTube, I bring up the pitch chart from Odorizzi's last two outings, and you look at the red of that four-seam fastball, and you can see from his start against Pittsburgh what the plan was and what the attack was, throwing it in that quadrant, again, up and into righties, up and away from lefties. You go back to his start against New York, that four-seam fastball location was all over the place. So I think that was definitely a strategy here from Odorizzi. And again, just able to command it better where he wants to. And again, it looks like it had more life up in that zone and, and hitters were not able to catch up to it. And really, when you look at the pitch mix of Odorizzi, he does have a lot of run on that four-seam fastball, again, running away from lefties. And then he has that cutter, which can come in on lefties and away from righties. And then he has that splitter that's dropping down. That type of pitch mix should really play well if you can execute it. I think he did a great job of that on Monday. Again, you look at where those those four-seam fastballs are in that quadrant up and in, the cutter's you know, going in on left-handed hitters and then that splitter dropping down. Again, that's a devastating mix of pitches that have movement going horizontally both ways and then vertically down. That should be able to succeed in a major league and against the major league lineups more often than not. Again, I really think the only big difference that I see for Odorizzi in this game is just the location of that four-seam fastball. He was able to consistently throw it in that same quadrant running in on righties, running away from lefties, making that cutter and that splitter more effective as well, getting that weak contact. So can this be duplicated? Can this be replicated against better lineups? I think it can, but you know, obviously the Pirates lineup played a little bit in this, but still that's what you want your fifth starter to be able to do, to go through a lineup like the Pirates, give you a quality start, and that's exactly what Odorizzi did. So I think this is definitely encouraging hopefully that mechanical adjustment had something to do with the increased consistency of his four-seam fastball and the location of it you know we'll have to see you know he's definitely earned himself another chance in the rotation i believe but we'll have to see if he can duplicate this going forward to be interesting 
to look at that pitch chart the next time, which, by the way, I got on Baseball Savant and give them credit for that, uh, to see you know what it looks like next time out if he's able to still have that same accuracy with that forcing fastball. And then, you know, obviously a lot of us frustrated with the way that Brian Snicker handled the bullpen on Sunday, a tie game, a winnable game against the Houston Astros, and went with Dylan Lee there instead of Mentor or Iglesias in that seventh inning and allowed the Astros to score there. But that allowed the Braves bullpen to be fresh and ready for Monday, and they were needed because this was a tight game. And you look at it now what the strategy is for the back of this bullpen. If you can get through six innings, you turn it over to Mentor, Iglesias, and Jansen. You feel really good about your chances of locking down a close game. And this was a close game, a one-run game for the Atlanta Braves, which they've been very good in this year. And they were able to close it down. So great pitching from the Atlanta Braves on Monday. A great outing from Jake Odorizzi that he definitely needed. Again, not much difference in the velocity or the movement on his pitches. It really was just the command of that four-seam fastball. So we'll have to keep an eye on that going forward. But not a lot of offense from the Braves. However, the young guys continue to get it done, including a big home run from Michael Harris. We'll talk about the work that he's done, along with Grissom and Acuna in the month of August next. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job and post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Atlanta Braves offense only scored two runs on four hits and three walks on Monday night. Just six strikeouts, which is good. Anytime they're under 10, you feel pretty good about this offense, but not able to come up with much hits against Ronzi Contreras for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Over four with runners in scoring position, just in four left on base, so not many opportunities. The exact same for the Pirates, who didn't get much going offensively either. Braves had 11 of the 17 hard-hit balls in this game. A couple of tough lineouts, but overall just not great contact from either team in this game. And unable to manufacture a run. You know, he got the two runs off the home run. When Ronald Acuna Jr. leads off an inning with a double, as he did in the first inning, that, that has to be a run. Like 75-plus percent of the time, that has to be a run. Unfortunately, that was not the case. In the first inning on Mondays, he was stranded at third and then couldn't add anything late. These are the games you worry about for the Braves when they're not able to add throughout and not able to put a game away late. They couldn't do it. Fortunately, the pitching was good enough against this Pirates offense that they were able to hold on. But uh, these are the games you can let slip away if that offense disappears for time throughout the game as they did on Monday. 
And honestly, this Braves offense kind of been struggling for the last three or four games now. You go back to Saturday, and through the first nine innings of that game, they just scored one run. Obviously, they got things going in extra innings of that game and were able to win. On Sunday, scored four runs on just seven hits, were one for three with runners in scoring position and left three on base. So not a lot of opportunities on Sunday either. So that's now back-to-back games. They've only had seven at-bats with a runner in scoring position. So you're just not seeing the lineup clicking right now, top to bottom. Usually when this Braves offense is going, as they have been for much of the past you know, two or three months really now, they're putting pressure on an opponent on a starting pitcher every inning, and they're having opportunities to score in every inning. You're just not seeing that from this offense the past couple of days. Granted, the pitching they're going up against has been very good. You're talking about you know, DeGrom, Scherzer, Urquini, you know, Lance McCullers. You know, the Astros have a very good pitching staff, very good bullpen, one of the best in all of baseball statistically speaking. So they've been going up against some good pitching. Contreras was very good for the Pirates on Monday, a good young pitcher. But still, you would like to see this offense have better at-bats. I thought the at-bats on Monday were some of the worst at-bats that we've seen for a while from this Braves offense, just not very competitive. Allowed Contreras some very quick innings, allowed him to get through seven innings, honestly, pretty easily. So hopefully we see this Braves offense pick things back up, but it was not a good look on Monday and really if not for Ronnie and the the kids and I put that in quotation marks because Ronnie's still a kid himself you know the offense really hasn't had much going in August Matt Olson's been pretty good at driving in runs but Riley's cooled off a good bit Swanson's cooled off a good bit hasn't had much power this month but really it's been Ronald Acuna Jr. Von Grissom and Michael Harris getting it done you look at the month of August, Acuna slashing 325, 416, 41, six doubles, two homers, 14 runs scored, nine runs batted in, 12 walks to 18 strikeouts, three stolen bases. He's also got caught stealing his last three times, which is unfortunate. And then Vaughn Grissom, 391, 440, 652 with three doubles, three home runs, 13 runs scored, nine runs batted in, four walks, nine strikeouts, two stolen bases. And he's played fewer games, obviously, than the others. And Michael Harris, 304, 360, 580, seven doubles and four home runs, 17 runs scored, 13 runs batted in, five walks, 19 strikeouts, four stolen bases. Those three really been getting it done in August. Combined, they're batting 333 in August with 16 doubles, nine homers, 44 runs, 31 runs batted in, 46 strikeouts, and nine stolen bases. You compare that to Matt Olson, Austin Riley, and Dansby Swanson. They're combined hitting 232 in the month of August with 11 doubles, so five fewer doubles, one fewer home run. They only have eight home runs this month, five of those coming from Matt Olson. 36 runs scored, again, eight less than Acuna, Grissom, and Harris, and Grissom has played fewer games. They have do have 40 runs batted in, so they've at least been producing runs, driving in runs, 66 strikeouts. That's 20 more than Acuna, Grissom, and Harris combined, and two stolen bases, both coming from Swanson, obviously. So as the middle of the lineup's kind of cooled off, you've had the young guys and Harris and Grissom and Acuna really step up this month. And you talk about where would this team be without Michael Harris. Like the Braves needed somebody to kind of settle in the outfield. Not that Duvall was doing a terrible job defensively in center, but, you know, 
Michael Harris is a gold glove defender in center field. Adam Duvall is a gold glove defender in a corner outfield spot. Obviously, Duvall out for the season now, but that really just kind of helped solidify the outfield. It gave the Braves a spark and some confidence, which they needed at that time. It helped the bottom of the lineup turn things over for the top. So just really impressed with Michael Harris, what he's been able to come up to do. And I talked about this on the postcast, but it's worth mentioning here again. The at-bats that he had on Monday are highly encouraging. Contreras for the Pirates had a really good slider going, and that pitch is really what's been giving Michael Harris trouble, a slider down and in or a curveball down down and in, really anything off-speed kind of down and in. He's been swinging over the top of. You even go back to Sunday's game against Ryan Presley. He bounced the ball up there at 60 feet to end the game, and Michael Harris swung over the top of it. But you saw him lay off that pitch a couple of times on Monday, kind of seeing the progression of Michael Harris. He knows that's where pitchers are going to get him now, and now it's his turn to adjust back to that. And I think you saw him start to do that. He took a great 2-2 pitch that he would normally strike out on, a pitch, a good slider down and in, and he took it for ball three, eventually walked, had a couple of walks in that game on Monday. So that right there just shows the maturity, the adjustments that we're seeing from Michael Harris that to know that's where pitchers are going to get him right now, and he's able to lay off that pitch. I thought that was huge for him on Monday, as well with the two-run homer, which is a beautiful opposite field swing into out to left center for, again, the only runs on Monday for the Atlanta Braves. So Michael Harris has been huge. You know, this team might still be a postseason team without Michael Harris, but I definitely don't think they have as good as a record as they do, and I definitely don't think they have a chance in the NL East without Michael Harris coming up and the work that he has done. On Tuesday, the Atlanta Braves go to their ace on the mound, looking to go ahead and clinch another series win. We'll talk about that next. On Tuesday, it'll be Max Freed versus JT Brubaker of the Pirates. Brubaker, a guy who has the potential to go out there and give a solid outing. His last time out, he faced a Boston lineup, a good Boston lineup, and pitched seven shutout innings, allowing just two hits with no walks and seven strikeouts. Over his last seven games, one and three with a 399 ERA and a 141 whip, 42 strikeouts and 38 in the third innings with 13 walks. But in August, he's been very good in three starts at 281 ERA, 16 innings, 13 hits, four walks, five earned, and 19 strikeouts. So able to get about a strikeout an inning from Brubaker. So we'll see if the Braves can limit that. Hasn't been good at home, so hopefully that plays into the Braves' at favor. He has a 4.66 ERA at his home ballpark there in Pittsburgh. So hopefully the Braves are able to get to him. Back in Atlanta in June, on June 9th, Brubaker went seven innings Gave up three earned on six hits and two walks with seven strikeouts. So a quality start for Brubaker against the Braves back in June. Again, hopefully the offense can do better against him this time around. For Max Freed, a great start against Jacob deGrom and the Mets his last time out. Coming off the concussion IAL. Is he back in the NL Cy Young race? Sandy Alcantara has looked a little bit more human lately. Had a rough outing out there in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. Still think he's the front runner, but I think Freed's right there in the mix of the top three. You look at Fangraph's war, and it's Alcantara and Carlos Rodon at 4.7, but then there's Max Freed right there at 4.4. So a good finish from Max Freed down the stretch, I think, puts him in that NL Cy Young 
race at the very least in the top three. So hopefully have a great outing from Max Freed on Tuesday. And hopefully that offense can get going and have some better at-bats throughout the entire game, put up some big runs, hopefully have a much easier win than what we saw on Monday night and get this series clinched and wrapped up. Well, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thank you for making Locked On Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 